This episode is sponsored by SH Building Group. The experienced team of professionals at SH Built consists of client, site, accounting, subcontractor, design, and craft building specialists. They integrate the latest construction management technology and offer home guardianship services and advanced inspections. Tom Sherlock and his team helped remodel my home, and their attention to detail was unsurpassed. Start planning a project today. Visit shbuilt.com or call 970-923-1122 and tell them you heard about them on Selling the Mountains. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Christian Knapp. This is Selling the Mountains, a show about the booming mountain town real estate economy and unique personalities fueling it. Each episode is an insider's perspective on market trends, lifestyle, success stories, and the ups and downs of home ownership in the mountains. Christian Knapp is the former chief marketing officer of Aspen Skiing Company and a lifelong mountain town enthusiast. He is an accomplished marketing and sales leader who has worked for the top resorts in North America including Aspen, Vale, Breckenridge, and Keystone. Currently, Christian is an independent consultant and principal at Moment of Truth, a boutique marketing firm specializing in brand development, strategic planning, and digital execution. All opinions expressed by Christian and podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of the companies or clients they represent. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for real estate investment decisions. My guest today is Pete Dininger. Pete has lived in Breckenridge since 1994, and it's safe to say he has truly found his home. Since starting his real estate career in 2008, he has been following his passion for helping others realize their dreams of homeownership in the mountains. He feels fortunate to have combined elements from previous careers, custom home building, web development, digital marketing, and customer service into his daily real estate life. By applying his learnings, he has quickly risen to the top 1% of brokers in Summit County, Colorado. Pete is the proud owner and team lead of the Breck Life Group at EXP Realty. In our conversation, we discuss Pete's path to success by being truly a good listener and asking really good questions. His focus on lifestyle and creating memories afforded by owning in the mountains versus thinking of the property as an investment. Lastly, we talked about leveraging platforms like Zillow as a wealth of misinformation, often leading to new business. I hope you enjoy this great conversation with Pete. This episode is brought to you by Land Title Guarantee Company. Land Title Guarantee Company is Colorado's largest locally owned and operated title agency. Since 1967, Land Title customers can rely on thorough record searches and secure handling of money and information, along with accurate and on-time processing of every transaction by the best people in the industry. With more than 50 offices across the state, their team knows Colorado real estate laws, customs, and markets inside and out. They know Colorado like it's their own backyard because it is. Put your trust in the best, visit ltgc.com or call 970-453-2255 and say you heard about land title on Selling the Mountains. Um, I, I would say, and one, one that you didn't mention in there was that I spent a lot of time in the restaurant industry and there I, I found the importance of exceptional customer service. And so I watched a lot of my friends move from the restaurant industry into real estate. And I knew those that became really successful were people who um, really paid attention to their clients' needs. And so I would say that is, you know, asking really good questions and being a good listener is probably um, has been the path to my success. So what was your inspiration for pivoting into real estate from these other uh, jobs? I would say it's that I was tired of having to work two and three jobs and, you know, the the classic uh, mountain, you know, ski bomb lifestyle of, of working, you know, a day job at a ski shop and a night job in a restaurant or in the summers building homes and supplementing with restaurant work. And, you know, again, I had watched a lot of Um, really close friends of mine move from restaurant life into real estate. And I actually have a degree in communications, which was all, you know, my, my specification in, um, in college was about clear, uh, clear communication, marketing and branding. And so I had never really 
applied that in a business sense. I used it every day across the bar when I was uh, working in restaurants, but um, I, I knew that it was going to give me an opportunity uh, to take what I had learned in college and piggyback that on top of all the digital marketing and everything that I did as a web developer and search engine optimization specialist. Did you become a full-time broker right away or was it a part-time thing for a while? It was right away. It was uh, January 1, 2008 was my first day of real estate. And if you think back to what the uh, real estate market was doing, that was the last day there was any appreciation in the Breckenridge market and we fell off a cliff the next day. Uh, so it was sink or swim for me. In hindsight, I, I guess I should have stayed or could have stayed at the restaurant because I met so many people from out of town, um, came and sat at my bar and had dinner and we struck up great conversations. And I'm sure many of those people went on to buy real estate. But um, it, for me, it was sink or swim. I, I've always tried to pour myself into everything that I can do. And I am a sponge for learning. So I, I knew I wanted to learn everything that I could and rise as quickly as I could uh, to the top of my field. I should have mentioned this at the front of our conversation, but you are the first broker I've interviewed for this show outside of the Aspen area. Yes. And Breckenridge is a place that's close to my heart. I moved, It was my, the first town I lived in when I moved yep. to Colorado in 1998. And I ended up living there about seven years and uh, had various stints back in Summit County before relocating here to the Aspen area. So it's fun to have you on. It's fun to hear about what's going on in Summit County and in Breckenridge in particular. Yep. So thank you. For Absolutely. It's, it's your old backyard and it's, it's certainly... Uh, that's my favorite place on earth. So in Breckenridge today, it's a pretty diverse market. You've got, you know, you've got a lot of front rangers coming yes. up. You've got a lot of destination yes. guests, all different types. You know, you and I were talking before we got on here about the price points starting to creep up uh, north of 10 million in some cases for a single family home in Breck and inventory at historic lows. Yes. How would you define your niche in the market? Um, we have... We have a lot of people that come to, to Summit County, the broader Summit County market or Breckenridge in specific, and they are they have an investment in mind and they're thinking about vacation rentals and what their return on investment is. And while you know, I, uh, we, we touched a little bit on uh, my wife and I used to own a vacation rental business. And so I have a, a long history in the vacation rental world. But uh, I would not say that investors are our niche. I would say um, the people that we find we attract most often as clients are people who are passionate about the lifestyle. And in fact, as I moved from being a solo agent to beginning to build the Breck Life Group, my very first website was The Breck Life. And I named it that because for me, everything that Breckenridge affords me is what I find I connect with on our, our, our client avatar or our, our ideal client. They come here for a lifestyle. And so I would say our niche is people who are passionate about a lifestyle, people who are less concerned with vacation rentals and more concerned about the memories and experiences that they have here with their family or with their friends. That's a great description of, um, of the person that's, you know, like you said, your avatar, your, your target audience for, for yep. your brokerage and your exactly. clients. You know, so one of the things that probably differentiates Summit County and Breckenridge from Aspen and some of the other destination market is there probably is, I think there is more vacation rentals, more people buying investment Absolutely. kind of properties that they maybe use a little bit for themselves, but then they put it into the rental pool. Is, would you qualify that as as being accurate? I, I would say that is definitely true, and and I think that one of the things that I've in in you know nearly 15 years of conversations with buyers and sellers one of the things that I hear as they are exploring other mountain towns around Colorado is one of the things that attracts them to Summit County is the convenience of 
flying in, you know, on a on a commercial flight, flying into Denver, and an hour and a half later, um, strapping into their skis and going skiing. Versus, you know, a little bit of a farther drive to Vail, or a little bit of farther drive to Crested Butte, or a little bit of a farther drive to Steamboat. And so, if you have a client that is looking for an investment property, a vacation yes. rental per se. What are they looking for in that investment property? What's that return on investment look like for them? Most often, and I, I you know, this is all often a, a little bit of a surprise to them because commonly I, I will hear people say when when we meet with them the first time, or or a lot of times it's have that first conversation with them over the phone because they've found one of our websites. You know, they start talking about what is the ROI and and you know maybe even cap rate if they're you know if they have a commercial background and you know, obviously return on an investment or cap rate is ultimately dependent upon debt service and what what you have borrowed against the property. And so it's unlikely, you know, today, so many second home buyers are purchasing with a 20% down 80%, you know, loan to value, if they're not paying cash. And at at that kind of leverage, um, while our rental market is extremely strong, you're probably looking at a little bit out of pocket every month on an 80-20 unless you found just a, a unicorn of a property with low low other expenses, um, HOA dues or property taxes or something like that. And where do you think most of your clients that do ultimately purchase that investment property and, and start renting it, are they renting it through an Airbnb or a home away, or are they using a local property management company? Yeah, well, uh, Summit County does have some stipulations about having a local area representative who can be responsive within 30 minutes if there is any kind of a call about your property. Um, So even those people who self-manage, let's say it's somebody in Denver and they know they're only an hour and a half away by driving, many times they will work with it. And it sometimes can just be their cleaning company who is has agreed for a fee to be on call and and be there in the event the guests really have a need at the home. Over the course of the last five years or so, we are seeing more and more people from even farther than Denver self-manage with the help of a local area representative uh, to to be the boots on the ground here. So still, you know, as as you get into something like a larger single family home, many of those owners are contracting with one of our local um, property management, you know, vacation rental management companies. So given this shift and more and more people self-managing their property, if you will, and maybe using a local rep, how do you think that that short-term rental market is affecting the availability of long-term housing for locals in the workforce? It has been, it's been quite a challenge. It has been a, it's been a challenge at every level. And I know both the town of Breckenridge, town council, and Summit County government is really trying to pay attention to what is going on. I mean, they're, they're doing their research here locally, as well as looking at other similar municipalities that are uh, destination resorts and what they have done with respect to vacation rental licensing. So what the impact that it has had, as more and more owners realize, I mean, we have a lot of people that have owned for a long time and they used to, if they were using it as an investment, they would put some you know a local uh, some local kids or a local family in their home for a twelve month lease. And once they started to realize that with Airbnb or VRBO, they can probably they can probably realize a greater return and and greater net in a year and have some vacancies where they'll also be able to use their property. We've seen more and more people go to that. Um, platform, and so it's become uh, it's become a real stressor for a lot of locals. The the workforce housing is not adequate, and we're we're feeling some pain points both from the standpoint of significantly increased rental amounts to people having to leave because they just can't find housing that they can afford. No, I think that's a 
that is a huge problem across the mountain communities in general in the West and, and probably all over, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely been reported on a lot. I know there's tension in some respects with the municipalities and, and the companies like Airbnb from reporting and taxation issues, making sure it's being properly accounted. But this, you've described what is the ultimate issue is is housing frontline workers, right? And if, if your ski company or your hotel or one of these other major businesses in the town doesn't have adequate workforce housing in their pool, then where does that ski bum live today? Exactly. And you don't even have to be a major corporation to feel it. Uh, when my wife and I owned the rental company, we lost a cleaning company because it was a husband and wife cleaning company. We lost their services because they had to move out of the area and they they covered a lot of the cleans that we did at, at the rental properties that she managed. And so uh, it, it affects, you know, it affects it affects the workforce and it affects, um, you know, small business owners all the way up to the larger, you know, restaurant owners and, and ski shop owners and the larger corporations, um, you know, Vale Resorts. Yeah, this is not an issue that's going to go no. away, unfortunately. And, you know, it's great to see some mountain communities really starting to develop that workforce housing more, you know, and, and then also building out you know, deed restricted homes that allow for, you know, that person that wants to stay after those first few years and maybe start a family and, and spend their life in these towns and, and being able to find, you know, housing that's quasi affordable for them is also important to, for a lively, vibrant community. Yeah, the, the, the town of Breckenridge, kudos to the town um, on the work that they have done to um, work on uh, affordable housing, you know, de-restricted housing for locals. It, it's, been a, it's been a game changer and certainly we could always use more. But those, those people that I know have, who you know, have been fortunate to get to secure um, you know, something like the Wellington neighborhood or Lincoln Park, they, they love that community and it's, it's affordable for them and it, it allows them to stay here where their dreams are. So it's Q1. We've just gotten through the first quarter of 21. It's been widely reported, you know, that real estate was pretty much off the charts in every mountain town and uh, in 2020 fueled by the pandemic. How is the first quarter going for you so far? It, it, we are we are pacing we are pacing ahead of the goals that we set for ourselves as a team, and our goals our goals we thought were a little bit lofty. And and the first quarter is is typically not a time of year. The seasonality of the Breckenridge real estate market and the greater Summit County real estate market, Q1 is typically a pretty sleepy time for us. We're often working, you know, in, in the fall, we're working on our business plan for the next year. And then as we're uh, getting into the new year, we're working on, you know, new branding and new marketing for what is always our busy selling season, which is the summer. I mean, June, July, and August, we can do, you know, we can do 60 or 65% of our, sa our sales for the year in a, a, a really short stint. But this year um, has been, um, I mean, we're, we're about uh, Breckenridge single family home sales in the first quarter are 50% greater than Q1 of last year, which of course was just sort of pre-pandemic. And for listeners, you know, this this is the first time we're really diving into another mountain community. Can you give us a little bit of, illuminate us a bit on, you know, what is the average price of a single family home in Breckenridge and what it, like square footage per, you know, price per square foot kind of ranges? Absolutely. Um, in the first quarter of this year, average sales price of a single family home in Breckenridge was about a million eight fifty. That is up over Q1 last year when we were at a million five fifty. So that three hundred thousand increase is about a twenty percent appreciation in one year, uh, Q1 over Q1. Um, that's probably a that's probably a four bed, four bath, thirty five hundred square foot home, and we're probably looking at uh, on average five fifty a square foot. See that seems pretty low after chatting with my yeah. colleagues here, in, or not colleagues, but uh, the brokers here yeah. in Aspen. Obviously, yeah. what what does it look like when you get in closer and ski and ski out, um, newish build? Yeah. Uh, what are we looking at a price per square foot there for something? Price per square foot, new construction in let's say something near 
Peak 8 Timber Hill or uh, um, uh, Timber Trail, excuse me, or Shock Hill, um, you're probably in 1,000 to 1,200 a square foot there. And you also mentioned that for the first time, you are starting to see listings and a few sales over the 10 million mark. Correct. Within within the last year, we had our first sale over ten million dollars, and we now currently have a, a small smattering of ten to fifteen million dollar listings, which is is just something we hadn't ever seen before. And if a client comes to you and they're they're feeling a little priced out of Breckenridge, you know, are there what is the comparables if they were to go to a Keystone or Copper or even a Frisco or Silverthorne? Many. Uh, of our clients do consider, um, you know, when when they're looking, they, they want to consider Breckenridge and compare that to Keystone or compare that to Copper Mountain. I would say, I would say you're probably 20% off our numbers in Keystone and probably about the same in Copper Mountain, meaning there, there's sort of a luxury tax um, for the Breckenridge name and zip code. But we, we've seen an equal, a, a similar rate of pacing ar- around Summit County and, and even Silverthorne where there isn't you know, a ski resort right in Silverthorne. Even Silverthorne and Dillon are seeing just really impressive appreciation. In Breckenridge, obviously in Keystone, and there, you know, as part of the Epic Pass network uh, owned by Vail Resorts, is that a is that helpful to you as a you know for families that are considering Breckenridge for a, a property? Yeah, uh, here what I think is attractive about it, and some you know we we speak with a lot of buyers, and and some of them are considering. Um, other ski towns around the country. Uh, some of them are considering other ski towns in Colorado. But one of the benefits of buying in Summit County is that if you have the Epic Pass, you've got the ability to ski multiple resorts in a pretty confined area. And, and so I think it remains an attractive destination because of the, the uh, Epic Pass. Now, I will say that that more frequently, our clients tell us that the reason they chose Summit County was convenience, that it's it's just really easy to fly into Denver from wherever they are and be here an hour and a half later. That makes sense. And you said they're looking at, they do consider some other mountain towns. What are the ones that they're prom- prominently looking at outside of Summit County? I would say most frequently, I, I mean, I've got referral partners in Vail, uh, one gentleman who, who works the Vail Beaver Creek area, and another gentleman in Steamboat. And those are probably the two markets they, that they consider most frequently to compare and contrast. So for the Breckenridge market in general, are you seeing any headwinds or tailwinds that you can tell us about? Sure. I would say as a, as a headwind, one of the Probably the biggest thing we're facing is, um, like we discussed, vacation rental licensing and how um, that's going to evolve in the coming weeks, months, and years. So many of our buyers love that when they're not here, they can put their home or condo in a vacation rental program and offset some or all of their expenses. And if if there's a, you know if there's a, a licensing moratorium or a cap on the number of licenses that will be allowed and how that will be handled when um, you know a property is sold, does that license run with the property? Or um, I'm not, you know, I, I have no idea where we're going to go. But I, the, both the town and the county are certainly having conversations about about this because of uh, you know long-term rental opportunities that we've discussed. Probably the biggest tailwind that we've seen is, I mean, this worldwide pandemic that that has absolutely fueled people's interest in living in a resort community. Almost to the day when Summit County went into a lockdown in in March of 2020, you know, every day we continued to call the people we've been having conversations with. And over time, here's what we learned from them. Well, Pete, I've learned that I can work from anywhere. And if I can work from anywhere, why wouldn't I do that from my favorite ski town rather than Dallas, Texas in the middle of August? That makes a lot of sense. It's definitely, we're hearing that happen. It'll be interesting to see if folks stick around, you know, and once they go through a couple off seasons or mud seasons and uh, see if they still want to spend time at uh, 9,600 feet. Well, 
you, you, you will also remember that at 9,600 feet, May, uh, and, and even sometimes June, uh, you know, we, we don't call it January for nothing. I mean, we can get, uh, you know, we can get a freakish snowstorm in June and we'll see who sticks around when they, they realize nine months of winter is, is a real thing. So if there's a prospective client or uh, a buyer listening to the show today and they're thinking about buying in Breckenridge, what do they need to know right now? Um, probably the biggest thing they need to know is that it is such it is such a seller's market right now, meaning there is such buyer demand and we're still a little bit inventory challenged uh, that we need to have all of your ducks in a row before we go out and start looking at properties. And in fact, what we have done for many of our clients is once we know that they're qualified, whether that's speaking with a lender or you know proof of funds for a cash buyer, once we know that they are ready, willing, and able to make a purchase, then what what we tell them is you are you're quite likely not going to get to see this property in person before you make an offer the day that it hits the market if we feel that it's a really good match for you i'm going to go to the house and we're going to arrange for a facetime video tour of the property and we've been using these we've been using these since march of last year and um, it, it has enabled many of our buyers to really feel like they have seen a property um, and give them the comfort level to submit an offer, you know, essentially sight unseen or at least not here physically in the property. So not even a Matterport, just a walkthrough FaceTime. We, we, the beauty of the beauty of a live video walkthrough is that they can say, wait, 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 turn back to the left. I wasn't sure exactly what that was. And so then I can, I can offer perspective on what the view will be if it's really bright outside and they can't quite see it. I can call out, here's peak eight, here's peak seven. That's going to be your view. Um, it, it's a little bit more interactive and, and two-way rather than just one person walking through a Matterport. Certainly uh, for every one of our listings, we, we, we do a Matterport because we know the combination of COVID and, you know, vacation rentals. If, if there's a family in a home, the day we go live with a listing, a Matterport's really the only way, only way we're going to get a potential buyer in to see it. What's the highest sale you've had in the last year, sight unseen? Sight unseen in the last year. That's probably, uh, that's probably a $1.8 million single family home purchase. That's a lot. It's, you know, that's a big decision to make without yeah. ever entering the pro yep. property. Yep. So there's, I, I heard about one in Aspen the other day that was over 22 million. That's so amazing. That is amazing. That, that is some trust. For sure. <laughs> um, are there any design trends or amenities that you're hearing from client, you know, just must haves these days? Yeah, uh, the number one thing, it used to be the number one thing, well, the, the number one and two things that our buyers would ask us, does it have views and does it have a hot tub? Because when they... You know, if they live in a major metropolitan area, you know, they're used to they're used to seeing, you know, either other buildings or uh, if they live out in the suburbs, they might just look at, you know, a lot of other homes that look a lot like their home. So it used to be views and hot tubs. And today, because of the work from home capability, it's high speed Internet. Can I get reliable high speed Internet because I'm going to be there for six months and I need to be able to work? That's um that's it's a utility, yep, absolutely. right? Absolutely. And is there areas in Breckenridge and the periphery that uh, don't have good Wi-Fi connection? You've got these days. You've got to get pretty far outside of Breckenridge. I mean, even all the way south through Blue River, we've got uh, you know Xfinity, and and it's you know it's fast and reliable uh, for the most part. And and if internet goes down, I'd look at that as an opportunity to go ski. This episode is brought to you by Obermeyer Wood Investment Council, an independent investment advisory and financial planning firm based in Aspen and Denver with roots dating back to 1982. Their team of experienced investors, thoughtful financial advisors, and focused problem solvers have helped hundreds of individuals, families, and nonprofits identify and achieve goals using sound advice, careful planning, and clear communication. They are locally based experts, dedicated community members, and proud sponsors of Selling the Mountains. Obermeyer Wood would like to offer all listeners a complimentary, no-pressure investment portfolio review 
with one of their experienced team members. To schedule a review or to learn more about their services, visit obermeyerwood.com. So kind of shifting to, you know, marketing tactics and, and, you know, where do you predominantly get your business leads from? New business, I would say, is predominantly, predominantly it comes from one of the two websites that we manage. And we've taken great care. And at the beginning, we talked a little bit about my uh, web development background. So I have applied that, that past career in web development and SEO to really uh, maximize organic exposure for the two websites. And so we, we generate a lot of new business from new buyer business from uh, those two websites. But about half of our business every year comes from either repeat business from past clients or referrals from past clients, their friends who are also transacting. That's interesting. You know, referral obviously is the number one thing, you know, past business and, and word of mouth yeah. and referral networks. You know, but I'm hearing, you know, from an established broker and in, in an Aspen, it's more like 80, 90% is referral business. And the rest is, you know, you, you check all the boxes, you have the great website, you do the social media presence, you advertise in the local uh, print magazines, and, uh, but you're still predominantly getting your business from, from referrals. Is, is that not the case then in Summit County as much? Well, I think that at least for my business, um, because of the presence of those two websites, we just generate, we generate a lot of business from people that have never owned in Summit County. They're, they start their research online and uh, we show up well. And so we have the opportunity um, you know, to earn their business and, and build a relationship before they even come to town. And then we're very intentional uh, about staying in touch with our past clients to make sure that we're earning you know, repeat business from them and uh, a referral when their friends and family are ready to do something. What other marketing tactics do you feel is important as a broker in Summit County today? Uh, well, I think I think so many people, so many buyers and sellers are looking at agents before they hire them that I, I think you need to have a presence on all the social media components. And so we're very intentional about we're very intentional about our Instagram and Facebook in addition to uh, both of the websites. And uh, more and more we've been moving into video, so stepping up our YouTube game. Yeah, I, I think that I think that people People will snoop around. We've had we've had many people uh, reach out to us and say, um, "I feel like I already know you because we've been watching you for a while." Does the Summit Daily News and some of the more traditional outlets still play a role in your marketing mix? It hasn't. It hasn't for us. Um, digital. We, we have we have doubled down on digital, and we, I, I played. Uh, you know the, the local print, both um, some of the magazines and the newspaper, and I just never. To me, it was defensive marketing. But my sellers, when I would go on a, a listing consultation, sometimes the seller seller wanted to know, well, "Are you going to put our our property in the paper?" But my my return, I had real tangible results from social media, Facebook, um, pay per click ads, and I, I can I can easily track those dollars where they go and and who comes to us from them. And it was it was more difficult, and I, I'd never really had somebody say to me, you know, we 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 found your we saw your ad in the Summit Daily News. Yeah, no, that seems, you know, like you said, ROI and trackable ROI is so such an important uh, foundation of digital, right? And, you know, and as, like you said, as long as a seller isn't requiring you to put it uh, in a traditional outlet, then I'm sure you're doing a great job convincing them that digital is the way to go for their property. We've got uh, we've got a lot of happy sellers, so uh, it, it hasn't been it hasn't been an issue to this point. So. Obviously, brokers are one piece of the puzzle, you know, and there's, you know, these mountain town, the mountain town real estate economy, as you know, and you were part of construction and all these other things and digital marketers uh, helping these businesses, you know, designers, builders, architects, other professionals, you know, what is your advice for listeners to cultivating those relationships? So if you do have a, you have a buyer or a seller, you know, somebody that is going to need architectural or remodeling services or even, you know, even title companies or whatever, lenders, 
How do you cultivate those relationships with those local professionals? Um, typically, I mean, I, I'm a nearly 30-year resident of Breckenridge, so I, I've, I've learned over the years who provides exceptional customer service and builds a quality home and designs a quality home and who's easy to work with and who can be, you know, who can present more challenges. And so uh, over the years, I, 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 we've just cultivated a, a vendor list of people who we know and trust. And so, um, you know, we have great relationships with architects. We have great relationships with builders. We have great relationships with title companies. And so I, I think it's just about, it, it's, it's really no different than our goals with our clients, which is to forge a long-term lasting relationship. And that, that's exactly how we built relationships with you know, all, all the service providers. Now we've heard about some crazy transactions on this show. Do you have any other stories you wanna share? Crazy transactions. Uh, man, I'm gonna count myself as fortunate that I don't really have any crazy transactions. There's a friend of mine uh, who uh, said, uh, she said, I, I just don't do crazy anymore, meaning she, she was going to fire all of her crazy clients. And we're in a pretty fortunate position that um, I, I think like attracts like. And um, we we just everyone on our team is so focused on providing uh, the best possible service that I think we attract people who really appreciate that service. And so thankfully, knock on wood, I, I can't think of a crazy transaction. What about unconventional transactions? Have you ever been offered Bitcoin to buy a place? No, and I, I keep hearing about, uh, I mean, I keep hearing about uh, professional athletes that are being paid in Bitcoin. And I, I have heard of, of transactions where buyers wish to pay by Bitcoin, but I have never been. I'm not. I'm not familiar with any uh, Bitcoin transactions in Summit County. I'm sure that would make uh, that would make the news. <laughs> uh, do you have any uh, any listings in the pipeline you're excited about? We have. Uh, boy, this is so. This is the time of year when um, you know we're talking to a lot of sellers about uh, selling the summer. As I mentioned, we do such you know a, a bulk of our business. June, July, August, September. Uh, if you think about it, November through April, our ground is buried under 10 feet of snow in a normal uh, ski season. And so if you're buying a single family home, you'd probably like to see what the topography of the grounds around your home are, what's the landscaping look like. And really, you know, buyers can't see that until we get around to the summer months. So this is the time of year we're talking to a lot of sellers. And I have a fabulous property on the Swan River uh, sits on three acres and it is an angler's dream because you can walk out your back door, wet a line, uh, just literally from the banks of your property. So speaking of those, the, your clientele and your buyers, you know, how, where would you describe the Breckenridge buyer is typically from? We pay very close attention to where, uh, you know, all of our buyers are from. And so every year it, it boils down to about 50 to 55% are, are front range buyers. So Denver through Boulder and, and down to Colorado Springs. Uh, it's about 50 to 55% every year that are here in Colorado. And if you think about it, especially when we have the conversation about vacation rentals, the beauty of that front range buyer is they can they can wait until Thursday night or Friday. And if their property hasn't rented for the weekend, they know that they can just block it out and come up and enjoy it for a couple of days. Or if there's a last minute rental, boom, that's money in the bank and they can agree to ski another day. So that's about half of our market. And then the other very popular feeder markets, no surprise, if you remember driving down Main Street, uh, we see a lot of Dallas, Austin and Houston uh, buyers. And we also see a lot of uh, folks from Oklahoma, both Oklahoma City and Norman, and then a lot all the way up through kind of uh, St. Louis through Chicago, Kansas, St. Louis and, and Chicago. No, that's exactly how I remember it. And, uh, you know, I definitely Texas centric for sure. Yep. More so than you'd see in certain other mountain towns. Yep. 
Um, what types of businesses do they typically uh, represent? I would say um, when I think about our clients, many of them are uh, many of them are doctors, many of them are uh, engineers. Uh, many of them are entrepreneurs and small business owners. Many of them started out as actual technicians in their business, like engineering, and then grew and grew and built their own business. So they became small business owners and, and, and they're, they're all professional. Do they spend time, do they have vacation homes elsewhere or is this their, their only second home typically? No, most most of ours have. Uh, I mean, many of our clients are are buying a second home here, but they might have. Uh, so may, maybe it's a third home here, but maybe they buy a second home here and then a third home. Uh, often at the beach, we we find that there seems to be this thread of lifestyle that runs both in the mountains and at the beach. So many of our clients have a beach home and a mountain home. When you get a new, when you get a prospective buyer and they're coming in, you know, from the, your website or they're checking out the market, are they shocked by the the price points or are they realistic? Uh, most most times they've done enough looking online. Um, They've done enough looking at the specific criteria where they know they'd like to buy. So it's they, they, they know bedrooms, they know bathrooms, they know locations. Our buyers are extremely educated these days. I mean, I think back to 15 years ago when I got started, it wasn't, you know, too terribly long after those old paper bound, uh, you know, MLS books went out of vogue. People you know, we, we were sort of real estate agents were the curators of information at that time. And now buyers can educate themselves long before. I mean, you know, there's the Zillow's and Realtor.com's of the world where they can go and look at recent sales in a neighborhood. And if the information is accurate, they've got an idea of what they should be offering on a property before they even come to me. So fewer and fewer have that kind of sticker shock, although sometimes Sometimes somebody will come to us and say, well, we know what we paid, you know, a, a night to stay in that property. And I, I think that we have the budget for that. And then when they tell me the budget, um, you know, that, that there's a mismatch. And so that's just that's just a conversation. It's an opportunity to educate. And so we, you know, our, our buyer cycle, this this probably isn't different from the other people you've had on your show uh, because we're all mountain communities. And, and I know mountain, you know, resort and second home purchases pace at a, a much slower rate than do uh, transactions where somebody's buying their primary residence because, you know, they've got to move out of this house and into this house. So we have the luxury of time uh, with our buyers in, in helping to educate them, not only about price, but also about neighborhoods and areas and amenities and, and convenience. Would you say Zillow is your friend or foe? I love Zillow because they are a wealth of misinformation. And so I can't tell you how many conversations have started when a client said to me, well, Zillow says, and uh, then I get to, I get to share the fun story of the, the Zillow CEO who sold his house for 30% less than his estimate. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the Zestimates have quite caught up to the reality right <laughs> no, now. No, no. And especially in a place like Breckenridge, where you might have a home from 1892 sitting next to a home from 2018 sitting next to a home from 1968. Each one a unique animal. You know, in terms of the competitive landscape amongst the, you know, how many brokers roughly are there in Breckenridge and greater Summit County? Summit Association of Realtors is probably between 650 and 700 agents. That's a lot. You know, all these, all these towns have a lot of brokers and, you know, do you, how do you differentiate yourself amongst that group? I think there's two things that we do, um, you know, that really, I mean, I guess I should say that, you know, it's, it's not 650 that are super active. I mean, there are a lot of people that continue to carry a license because they love the, the, benefit of if they meet somebody who's buying somewhere else or they have a family member, there's that referral opportunity to refer some business and, and receive um, a small payday. So it, it's not that we're really competing against 650. I don't know if you're familiar with the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule. I mean, we're this market is 
we're we're probably you know kind of a 90 10 uh, ratio where the top 10% are doing about 90% of the business and we've been fortunate to work our way uh, you know I would say into the top 1% of sales in in Summit County and the way in which we differentiate ourselves um, as I've touched on a couple times I, I have been very intentional about building this team and selecting just phenomenal talent so that that we are I, I know we're bringing on people that care about the dreams and goals of our clients. And um, I can tell you from 15 years doing it here, that is not every agent in Summit County. If you're placing your paycheck ahead of your client's needs, that's a recipe for disaster. And so we focus on uh, exceptional customer service. And over the years, I think that we have built our digital brand so that we're not only attracting new business all the time, but our past clients always know the state of the market because we are constantly in communication, helping to educate them. Even even after the purchase, we let them know when there's something important happening in their neighborhood or there's a record-setting sale that really is going to influence the value of their property. It's a great way to dig for new clients or new, you yeah. know, new listings, right? And yep. making and that's and that's a theme I've been hearing time and time again in these interviews is you know, you can, this is the year where you really are going to have to dig and you're going to have to try to convince Absolutely. people to become sellers because there's just not enough inventory. Yeah. In terms of that, you mentioned kind of that top 10% of brokers in Summit County. And for listeners, what, what is that, you know, roughly in terms of gross, re, re, you know, dollar sold in a year? I would say 10% of the total market. Um are you suggesting what are each of those agents doing in volume? Yeah, like a, a, a top agent in Breckenridge or in the greater Summit County, what is yeah, their annual I, sales roughly? They're probably 50 million to 200 million in in transactions in dollar volume. Got it. That's nothing to sniff, sneeze at. No, sir. I like to finish the show with a couple, uh, you know, fun notes, you know, and kind of your some of your favorite things. And uh, so, what what is your favorite recreational pursuit these days, Pete? Uh, it depends on the time of the year. If uh, if snow is falling, then I typically find myself on skis. I, if we have you know really good snow on the mountain, I'll go ride the lifts. But if we don't, uh, I love to put on the skins and go spend a day in the backcountry and. I love it for the solitude and the exercise and uh, just just getting away from it all. And then in the summer, I am on my mountain bike as much as I can. Do you have a spot uh, that you like to travel when it's quieter in the off season? Uh, my wife and I uh, have a s small little condo in Maui, so we go to the beach as quickly as we can in the typically shoulder season, May and October. That's awesome. Congratulations. You know, I think, you know, it's funny. And where would you say Breckenridge folks in general, is there a beach or a beach town and that they gravitate to? Uh, as far as Breckenridge locals? Yeah. Well, it shifts around. But I, I can tell you that two places that I have been and I thought, wow, this is just Breckenridge South. Sayulita, Mexico, when I was there 15 or maybe 20 years ago, I think half of Breckenridge was in Sayulita. And then also that Nicoya Peninsula of uh, Costa Rica. I mean, anywhere from Tamarindo down through Nosara to Santa Teresa, uh, that is also Breckenridge South. If you have an important client in town, is there a spot you like to entertain them? Well, having spent 10 years behind the bar at the Southridge Seafood Grill, I always love to introduce people to fresh seafood in the mountains. And I love to, if somebody is a connoisseur of sushi, Mountain Flying Fish has, I mean, they've got sushi that is on par with everything we get in Maui. That's awesome. Any nonprofits or charitable causes you're particularly passionate about? Two that, uh, that my wife and I uh, pay a lot of attention to and uh, are contrib contributors of. Uh, my wife worked for the Summit FERC or the Family and Intercultural Resource Center. So they do a ton of great work in Summit County, working with families on whether it's housing needs, um, early childhood education programs, uh, rent assistance, utility assistance. If you find yourself in a, in a short-term bind, I mean, throughout this pandemic, their food bank has been cleaned out by you know so 
many people out of work and, and just needing food. So the Summit FERC is an ama amazing organization. And then the Summit Foundation, we are contributors to the Summit Foundation because they are essentially a giant fundraising organization that funds all of the nonprofits in Summit County. And so they, they do remarkable work here in our community. Final question. Do you have a real estate prediction for 21? 2021. I think if I had to, if I had to distill it down to four words, more of the same. I, I think that um, everybody, every buyer that I'm talking to from around the country is intent on finding that their place in the mountains. And I just don't see a shift in inventory. And, and unlike you know, unlike the sort of the bubble of 2008, nine, uh, that was built on, you know, uh, mortgage backed securities and credit default swaps. This, this is, you know, our, our pacing is built on genuine demand. And so I, I think, I think 2021 is going to be a great year, uh, to get your home in the mountains. Pete, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been great to connect with somebody in Breckenridge and hear about what's going on in your market. I really liked um, hearing about the vacation rental dynamic and sort of that pressure that we're feeling in all the mountain towns about you know short-term rentals versus long-term housing solutions for for locals and and for frontline staff and your focus on digital um, you know and how you've really pivoted and, and positioned your business for success with the Breck Life Group. What's the best way for folks to learn more about you? Uh, you can check out uh, our website brecklifegroup.com. Find us at Breck Life Group on most of the socials. Uh, that's, those are probably the three easiest ways. Thanks for listening to this episode of Selling the Mountains. You'll never miss an episode if you subscribe or follow the show. If you liked what you heard, please leave a short review and share it with a friend. For more information about Selling the Mountains, including feedback, suggestions, or sponsorship opportunities, please visit sellingthemountains.com and sign up for our newsletter. You can follow the show on Instagram or Facebook at Selling the Mountains. You can follow the host on Twitter at Christian Knapp or on Instagram at Napstagram. This show was produced in collaboration with Dustin H. James at Podboarder. Selling the Mountains is a production of Moment of Truth, LLC. All rights reserved.